Hello and welcome to the Robot Podcast. I'm Fran Scott, maker, presenter and all-around engineering geek. In each episode, we'll be finding out how robots are pushing the boundaries of possibility and supporting businesses to make a more sustainable world. From the way we farm our food to how we package it, from 3D printing ocean waste into furniture to transforming cars into pieces of art, robotic technology is absolutely transforming our industries to reach an innovative and planet friendly future. As we all know, climate change, the environmental crisis and global sustainability is absolutely rightly at the forefront of everyone's mind at the moment. Globally, we're experiencing extremes of weather from the hottest ever days in the UK to fires spreading throughout Australia, America and beyond. The United Nations have reported that within the next two decades, global temperatures are likely to rise one and a half degrees Celsius. That was supposed to be our target for the end of the century. And they've also predicted that around one million animal and plant species are now threatened with extinction, more than ever before in human history. So whilst here at the Robot Podcast, of course, we're going to bring you the usual amazing, incredible innovations from across the world. We'll also take a keen look at sustainability as a theme throughout this series so we can understand how robotics and discrete automation is playing an absolutely critical role in the world's effort to address these dangers. And that is what today's episode is all about. We're going to be delving into how the world is dealing with this climate emergency and ultimately how industries are mixing things up so they can keep doing what they do whilst keeping the effects they have on the planet in mind. We'll hear from Mark Segura, an absolute podcast favourite, back for his third appearance on the Robot Podcast, who, in his new role as president of ABB's robotic division, will discuss how turning to sustainable practices allows for huge global change. We'll also hear from Joachim Bistram, founder of Absolicon, and that's a Swedish company that creates solar collectors, an absolutely pioneering company in the development of sustainable technology. But first, we're going to hear from the absolutely brilliant Shivi Jervis, who's a futurologist and one of the globe's most trusted guides on incredible innovations, where to find them, and crucially, how we can use them so we can thrive. I had the absolute pleasure to speak to Shivi recently, and I started by asking her if by addressing sustainability, we mean more than just addressing climate change. Oh, absolutely, Fran. It's actually something that touches every element of our daily lives without us even knowing it. It's sort of an invisible enabler. And it's actually the dozens of little differences and decisions that we can make right from our choices to do with what we purchase, the provenance of those goods, how we are running our businesses, energy efficiency, how we actually build our buildings uh, and how we make our societies much more self-sufficient. None of this exists in isolation. So for me, sustainability, even though a big part of it is, yes, climate change and all our goals to do with energy, 
It is also about getting things closer to home instead of shipping them across the world. It's renewable energy. It's uh, the circular economy, the ability to reuse and recycle. It's also then about our culture. We want to be able to go to the park, share time with our families, all of that, not just now, but even to sustain that in a decade's time or five decades. So I suppose sustainability is this great catalyst enabler that makes sure that can happen, that we don't create a negative loop where the end result is diminishing resources and we actually lose access to things forever. And so companies now I'm seeing are making much more effort here to operate in a sustainable way. And that has a direct impact on an everyday consumer and creates this almost vision almost of a shared future, which is very powerful. So sustainability basically is this all-encompassing umbrella that seems to just have tentacles in loads of different industries and ways of living. Um, And I suppose it could be seen as its own industry in its own right. And if it is, how big is that industry? How much time have we got? (laughs) (laughs) You're absolutely right. You hit the nail on the head, Fran. And, And some of this depends on what we define as the sustainability industry. But even if we, let's say, just consider climate change, it turns out that 73% of global greenhouse gas emissions are caused by energy usage alone. And then the second biggest cause is, for example, agriculture, but that's only at 18%. And so what this means is that even if we're just looking at energy usage, sustainability actually involves the entire energy industry And then if we take a slightly wider view, it includes more than that. So when we talk about the things we buy, how we buy them, how they're made, that industry as well, because it affects everything, then has a part in, for example, logistics and manufacturing and distribution, that entire life cycle of how we even get our things and actually operate on a day-to-day basis. I wonder if there's a way for us to actually make it feel something that we all have to be invested in, because not everyone feels that way. A lot of folks do think when they hear sustainability, oh, it's specifically about the climate. It's got something to do with energy. Maybe it's something to do with a smart home or a factory floor. And that's about it. So I think maybe kind of dispelling that myth and debunking that notion could go a long way in actually really bringing people in for the right. That said, there there is a lot that industry can do and is doing. And because we're on the robot podcast, we're obviously going to talk about the digital ways that are helping companies to, I suppose, hone in their sustainability goals. Can you share a little bit with us on your thoughts on that? Sure. And, you know, digital innovation is absolutely helping inform the sustainability goals of organizations, whether the organization is a large multinational, which has a footprint in so many communities in which they operate, which means their responsibility is triple fold, if not more, or it's a not-for-profit in one part of Britain or government. You know, all of these different organizational sizes have a very, very specific understanding of sustainability, but also there are different life cycles in terms of using digital innovation to actually inform the goals of their businesses. And certainly in Britain, with over 90% of organizations taking the shape or size of SMEs, that's something they think about a lot. And so using 
AI tools to create more efficiencies in the supply chain, using data science to give us more and more business intelligence that actually allows us to create even more clever and economical ways of using energy, or whether it's tools that give us access to the kind of renewable energy sources we never thought we were able to use before, digital innovation then becomes something that actually allow the company to be sustainable more internally as well. And even in things like using less plastic or other packaging on goods, you know, augmented reality is allowing brands as well to ask consumers to literally wave their phone camera over packaging in order to to get all the information about the product rather than using more packaging. It means inventory can be kept track of and managed. Being able to use these incredible digital tools, different parts of the sustainability life cycle, I think is a really meaningful enabler with companies. This future sounds brilliant. But in terms of sustainability, obviously, there's so many different arms to it and so many different things that can impact it. How important do you think robots, robotics and automation are in terms of this future global sustainability and and making it all happen? Exactly. And making it all happen is such a great way to capture exactly what we're trying to say, isn't it? It's all of this is aimed ultimately at driving action, because if we don't, we're dead in the water. So I think with automation, you know, some folks think of anything to do with AI automation as these cold clinical lines of code humming away in this parallel, mysterious digital universe somewhere. But we're using it day in, day out in the simplest of things, right from our navigation apps to in our cars to, in fact, you know, translation software. So I think automation in this sector and sustainability can provide a lot of benefits. It can show us and actually preempt issues with fuel and energy before they even become a problem. It can also allow us to do predictive maintenance. So if you knew that something on the industry floor of a massive, massive engineering company, a problem was going to arise three months before it actually developed a fault, that sort of preemptive stuff, I think, makes a real dent in the sustainability targets of the organization. Just by putting sensors on things, it allows you to get a really good sense of the life of the machinery or how it can function in a more productive manner. And then I think robots themselves could be very, very useful due to their ability to operate in harsh environments in sustainability vital industries like recycling or safe waste disposal, the rapid speed at which all of this can actually function compared to people. The computational firepower being sometimes 300 times what a person could do. It doesn't mean as well, Fran, that it's going to displace people. The ones that I look at specifically augment what people do and it allows us to work with it hand in hand and takes the tedium off our plates so that actually people working in these sectors tirelessly to make them more sustainable aren't having to do the heavy knowledge work or collecting information themselves. I think automation, robotics can allow us to adapt to that change. Gosh, what an amazing woman and and fountain of knowledge. And Shivi there really set the scene of how if we've got any hope of having this circular, sustainable economy, we need to look to robotics and automation. 
And so who better to tell us about just how vital robotics and discrete automation is going to be than Mark Segura, president of ABB's robotic division. But before we look at the companies that are going to be transformed by ABB's technology, Mark actually started by discussing what ABB are doing themselves in-house to make their own business more sustainable. We first are looking at our, our own operations, our factories, our offices, and here we're implementing, we have implemented a various number of actions, uh, starting from the energy, buying green uh, energy from renewable sources. We are installing renewable solar panel uh, in the roofs of a number of facilities, switching uh, heating systems to more efficient ones. We are renewing the fleet of cars to be electric uh, cars and so on and so forth. Within our factories, we are, as we do with our customers, we are looking at efficiency, at automation to reduce waste, to reduce stock, to reduce transport time. And ultimately, we're looking into our own products, the materials that we use, the suppliers that we use that are also compliant and have their own sustainability actions. And we are looking at new technologies to make our robots, for example, more efficient in terms of energy consumption. Our new Omnicore controller will reduce the energy consumption of the robots by 20%. And that over the life cycle of uh, thousands of robots is lots and lots of energy. Of course, of course, it all adds up, these little savings here and there. And 20% is not a little saving, it's a fifth. <laughs> like that over a lifetime would make a substantial difference. So could we now expand a little bit more to the bigger picture? So let's sort of have a look at the broader sense and look at how robotic solutions can help companies of all different kinds on their route to becoming sustainable. First, as I said, supporting our customers on their missions. And, and luckily, we see, I mean, the vast majority of our customers taking sustainability as one of the top priorities. Robotics is about efficiency, and, and efficiency is the antagonist of waste. And waste is pollution. Waste is unsustainable. Then there are segments and companies that per se are contributing with their products to sustainability. We'll talk about that. We are supporting, for example, the recycling industry. We have robots in trash sorting centers automating and smartly sorting trash, where you could see this as the mining of the future. As we exhaust resources, then we need to go uh, to the waste uh, with the robots to, to mine there. Really driving efficiency in our customers as part of their mission, supporting some companies that are especially focus on, on sustainable targets like recycling or some green products, this is really where we are having the, the big impact. Could we dive a little bit more into that? And could you tell us more about how ABB Robotics are helping these companies whose aims are angled towards sustainability in the first place? If you take one that we, we uh, as, as ordinary people, we, we, we face every day, and that's single-use plastic. Uh, of course, there are many companies that uh, for years now have tried to develop technology on the material side, on the machine side, to build sustainable packaging, and that that can then be recycled into the ecosystem without any need for bringing things to a factory and so on, so really sustainable. To that, for example, there are two customers we work with. They are both becoming very successful and they need robotics really to scale and to scale profitably with their automated machines so they can offer this new technology at a competitive price point. But these companies could not scale if they would not have automation and robotics at the core of their, of their engines. 
Brilliant, brilliant. So by bringing in that automation and robotics enabling factor, let's call it, not only are you helping companies reduce waste and become more sustainable from that angle, but also you are enabling companies who want to do something sustainable, do it so efficiently that they can price it at a point where it becomes a possibility. Exactly. It's both. It's both. I mean, even if a company does not is not producing per se a product that is greener or has a better CO2 footprint, whatever, there's always deficiency to gain internally, no matter what you build. And that is big. That's really big. But at the same time, more and more, there are companies that their purpose is specifically to tackle. We are great, great supplier of robots and robot solutions to the leading solar panel builders in China. But to get to that point, it can really fly and scale. It has to be a profitable business for someone. We also think about sustainable materials like uh, packaging. We talk about it. But once again, there's an incredible amount of waste just the way supply chains are designed or manufacturing processes are designed. Because if you can just remove a step the sustainability impact is bigger than any incremental impact you can have on an existing process. So there is a big push to really improve the supply chain. And for that, we will need to produce and store more locally. We'll need to cut the steps, the steps that are not needed, that are not adding value, that even creating, um, let's say, waste. This is really happening. So for that, as we've explained in previous uh, podcasts, Robotics technology is helping. It's helping on the factory. It's helping on the distribution, on on the storage. And ultimately, like we're bringing everything to a single point. Gosh, it's it's sort of going full circle. Are there ways that you're looking at to increase the sustainability of smaller companies? And I suppose communities when it comes to helping them implement all the efficiencies that come with robotics and automation? Uh, Of course. I would say all of the things we do with the big ones are one-to-one applying to medium and smaller companies. Because again, all of these companies at their size and in their context, they have opportunities to drive operational efficiency. For example, take a small metal workshop, okay? If you think about that robotic process can improve the quality of welding. So we talk about quality again as a core KPI uh, in any manufacturing process, but quality is a big driver of eliminating waste and being more sustainable. The same thing as improving cycle time. If you are a small company and you have a slow production, you probably need longer hours to produce the same. So you would use more electricity to light up the workshop, more uh, energy to heat up or cool the the workshop, while if you can produce that in half of the time, you got half of the energy you consume. We have been in robotics for many years working for sustainability, and we didn't know about it, honestly. But now when you really look things from that angle, you realize, hey, I mean, driving efficiency is really, really impactful when it comes to sustainability. And that's an interesting point there, because obviously, by introducing robotics and automation, you are in effect, introducing new machines into the process. So although you're eliminating waste, you're introducing, I suppose, a new element into the entire system. So we'd have to look at what happens to those robots and things like that at their end of life cycle. And has that been considered when it comes to the sustainability factor? So every year, ABV Robotics uh, re- takes from the market several thousands of robots and we repair them and we give them an extended life. So an average lifetime of an industrial robot is 10 to 15 years. When we are repairing them, we give them an extra 5 to 10 years more. I can tell you also in times of supply chain constraints and so on, 
refurbishing robots has also become a, a very interesting option for customers also in terms of lead time because the robots can probably have, be delivered in a shorter time if you need to wait for a new one that now everything has a longer lead time. That's interesting. So something that would have been plan B is becoming plan A because of how the world is changing at the moment. Exactly. <laughs> so big question for you, Mark, to finish. Do you think the future of sustainability lies in robotics and automation? Well, I think the first thing is that awareness of the problem we have is great. And uh, people understand that we need to act here and now from policemakers, from the, 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 the citizens, the, the corporates, we all know that uh, this is really serious. So I, I, I am convinced that the awareness and the desire to act is there. And we are seeing that throughout all these examples. We take this with a responsibility. So we are taking more pressure ourselves, striving to support companies that have an impact, striving to open the eyes to existing customers. How can you improve? Striving to make our products better, more energy, energy efficient. And then we believe that we can really have an impact. It's not only about robotics, but as we spoke in this podcast, just look at the renewables. We are enabling those solar panels or windmills to be produced with best conditions so they are, they are more profitable, so they can be more competitive, so we can have more. We've been looking at packaging, which is a massive thing, a problem, especially single-use plastic. We've been looking at general manufacturing. We've been looking at supply chain redesign and reshoring. We are touching almost every lever that we have in the world to improve the situation. So yes, I believe robotics and automation can have a big impact, but we take that as a, one of the most exciting things in our mission. I loved speaking with Mark about this because obviously I know Mark well and what ABB do so well, but this really opened my eyes up to actually how far reaching their innovations are, not only by what they're doing in-house and not only by helping your standard manufacturing companies become more efficient, but then also helping and mentoring and assisting with innovative tools, companies whose sole purpose is to combat climate change. It's absolutely incredible how far reaching their technology is becoming. And to finish today's episode, what we're going to do is actually hear directly from one of the companies who is on that green mission and is directly impacted by ABB's robotic technology. We're all familiar with the term solar energy, so energy we can get from the sun, and how we turn that solar energy into electricity using solar panels. But have we thought... What if we just directly stored the sun's heat? Well, bear with me, because Absolicon are a Swedish company that have, for a while now, been thinking about how to do just that. And our producer, Jack Claremont, spoke to Joachim Bistrom, who is the founder of Absolicon, to find out a bit more. Yes, I'm Joachim Bistrom. I'm the founder and CEO of Absolicon Solar Collector AB, and we produce the best concentrating solar collector in the world that follows the sun during the day and produces heat and steam from the sun. It works like a magnifying glass that focuses the light in a narrow point, and there we produce very high temperatures, and out of that we do 160 degree hot steam. 
people think that solar is just for electricity, but electricity is just a small part of the energy system. And steam is actually what is running our industries and our cities. So that's why this technology producing steam from concentrating solar energy is so important. Okay, so that's what you would call renewable heat. Yes, and that is a forgotten area compared to renewable electricity. But in the end, if you see the final consumption of energy society, only 20% is electricity, 30% is transport, and 50% is heat. So it's a big problem that we don't talk more about renewable heat and only talk about renewable electricity. For all the heat today is coming from burning fossil fuel, and we need to stop that. And so if someone's looking at one of the solar collectors, what are they going to see? Yeah, our collectors, they are five by one meters, and they are a trough that has a parabolic shape. So all the light that comes from in the aperture of the collector is focused in a narrow line that is on the absorber pipe that is absolutely black. So there is a mirror that focuses the light on the black pipe, and the whole design is covered by the anti-reflex coated glass that protects the reflector and the pipe. Okay, so what industry uses your products? We are not in the brewery sector now, because if you're going to brew 100 liters of beer, you need to burn two liters of diesel oil. And that is because, of course, they use a little electricity also in a brewer because they have iPhones and some light and some fans, but the main process is, is boiling the brew, pasteurizing the beer, cleaning the bottles and so on. And that is done with hot water and steam. So beer and brewery is basically a heat-driven process. Okay, so how have Absolicon worked with ABB? Yeah, when we started doing the solar collectors, we, we have made them handmade. So we made the two or three collectors every day. But they were the best in the world, so we were super proud. But we started Absolicon to... Uh, change the energy situation in the world. So making two and three collectors every day wasn't good enough. So we decided to, instead of selling the collectors, to sell robotized production lines. And here we have partnered with ABB that help us with the robotic cells. So that now when we feed the raw material with mirrors and glass into the production line, the ABB robots make one solar collector every six minutes. So with this, we can really change the energy situation in the world. We make 100,000 square meters or the 70 megawatt of solar collectors out of each production line each year. And we have signed 18 framework agreements around the world with partners buying the production lines, setting up local production of those steam producing solar collectors. The global need is enormous. They will be our product category range will have a sales of a trillion dollars to 2050. So just hand-making them, that makes no sense. People will buy and buy and buy robotic production lines to make solar collectors. And we will supply those production lines together with ABB. So through automating your production line by using robotics, you've gone from being able to make three solar collectors a day to roughly one every six minutes. That is incredible. And what about finding your products? Where can we do that? And do you have plans for expansion in the future? Well, right now we are focused on Europe, where the energy cost is very high. And we have focused on the brewery sector. We have also worked in, in textile and chemicals and food industry, but it looks like it's the breweries that are most eager to stop burning fossil fuel right now. 
So we have signed agreement with the world's largest uh, brewery company, Anheuser-Busch InBev, that has 200 breweries around the world to help them decarbonize their breweries. And we have also signed with the Carlsberg, the Danish brewery, and with Asahi, that is a Japanese uh, brewery. So three of uh, the world's largest brewers have signed up to our technology. I had two interests when I was a kid. One was solar energy and the other were robots. And I come from a family where mass production has always been a part of our, our DNA. So having a robotized production line, mass producing solar collectors is really a, a dream come true. And uh, uh, we have a lot of visitors now. And to be able to walk down in the production line and we see the robots working, producing uh, those solar collectors. And then we go to a field that we have next here and people are just amazed of what we are creating and the possibilities to actually now implement this around the world. It's, uh, I, I'm fantastically proud of what we have created here at Absolicon. And so Joachim should be. That innovative thinking that goes into using something that is in our sky every day, but in a brand new way, and then using other technology to make sure it can be enabled to make a real difference. Absolutely fantastic. But unfortunately, that is it for this week. A massive thank you to Shivy Jervis, Mark Segura and Joachim Bistrom. That is episode two done, but we have loads more sustainable stories coming your way from art to food and beyond. But next week, it's all about retail. So how is the role of the store changing and what part do robots play within that? I'm Fran Scott and the Robot Podcast is a Fresh Air production for ABB. If you want to find out more about robotics at ABB, there is that link that's in the show notes. And do remember to follow or subscribe now for free wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. Part of the ABB Decoded series. 